Well, wasn't that amazing? This is exactly why it's my favourite day of the year. Those kids are great. You know, as a child, I was trying to think back, and I remember one of my favourite gifts, my absolute favourite gift, was a telescope. And I was trying to remember how old I would have been when that telescope came into my life. And I reckon I was probably 11, possibly my 12th birthday, which is quite a while ago. In fact, I reckon it was 1986. And do you know why I remember that? Because it was the year of Halley's Comet. Who else was old enough to remember Halley's Comet? 1986. As a school kid and with my telescope, we were fascinated. And I remember clearly because we named our goldfish Haley and Comet. And in fact, we also named the other two a bit later on the same year, Andy and Fergie, because it was the year when Prince Andrew married Sarah Ferguson, also with beautiful red hair. I learned a lot from that telescope. I learned how some of the telescopes are reflecting and they use mirrors to reflect light. I learned that some are refracting and they use lenses to um, focus the light. We've had grand um, demonstrations with um, Pastor Nick and his prism and all of those thoughts around light. So the telescope was one of my favourites. And in fact, we still have that in the family. My nephews have it at the moment. But who knows the best gifts come in little packages. And so this is one of my more recent gifts. Now this wasn't a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. This was actually a gift from my colleagues when I left my job at the hospital. And if you can't see, that's a little cross. It's a gold cross. And actually, right in the center, there's a tiny diamond. And you wouldn't know unless there was light on that gem to help it sparkle and bring it to life. Now, they gave me that cross um, symbolically, really, as me moving into this kind of new life, leaving my career in the NHS behind. And they recognized that actually my life was now going in a newer direction. And that was actually partner in my own personal quest to discover more about Jesus, but to help other people discover more about him too. And so today, we will consider for the next few minutes, Jesus, the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, and we will combine these two aspects. We're going to look at the idea of um, the uh, nativity story and what scripture actually says about some of those things. We'll look at some of the traditions which have kind of made its way in and they're not actually in the test uh, text. And so we're going to look and go on an adventure together as we look at the stars and the suns this morning. Is that okay? Let's combine these two. Be wise and come with me on this journey. So let's look at this, what the scripture actually says in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. And have come to worship him. 
When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of his people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. He said to them, go there to make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. As we look at these scriptures in Matthew, Matthew makes it very clear here in these opening chapters that Jesus was actually the gift that the people had been waiting for. So if we consider our suns and stars adventure, let's look at the first son. Jesus is the son of David. See, in the previous chapter, Matthew's really careful to set up the genealogy of Jesus. The way it's structured um, really puts importance on the fact that Jesus was a son of David. It refers in the chapters to the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus being born in the city of David, which was Bethlehem. And yet Matthew includes names in there that I'm not sure If I was trying to set up Jesus as this perfect gift, the Son of God, I'm not sure I would have actually included some of those names. There were women's names in there. There were people in there who we know had shady backgrounds. They were not all Jewish. They were not all Israeli people. Some of them were Gentiles. And yet Matthew puts Jesus very specifically into this dubious ancestry. Why? Why would he do that? Let's ask some questions. See, to me, by doing that, Jesus is being set up as their Messiah, the anointed one. How can he be born of this kind of ancestry? But he was. And the fact that he was gives us hope today. Because if he was born of that ancestry, it means he can deliver all kinds of people, whatever your background, whatever your family line, whatever your shady past, whatever secrets you may have that live in the shadows, Jesus came for you. That sun can dawn for you today. See, there are other prophecies which he punctuates the chapter with here in chapter 2. It gives credibility to Jesus as not only this son of David, but as ultimately the son of God. And yet, as he continues from this genealogy, he then begins to paint the picture from Joseph's point of view. And so not just being the son of David, 
we discover here that actually he was an illegitimate son. You see, Matthew makes it very clear from Joseph's point of view. It says in chapter 1, verse 19, even though it says Joseph was a righteous man, it said he had in mind to divorce Mary, not wanting to expose her to public disgrace. Maybe because he was a righteous man, he thought that way. The questionable circumstances around Jesus' conception and birth would have made it really difficult for Mary and for Joseph and for Jesus as he grew up. And yet, that was the plan. Jesus was to be born an illegitimate son. You see, no public disgrace, no scandal, no gossip in the shadows of your life can abort the plans for the purposes of God. This illegitimate son of God, he was the son of God. He was illegitimate. But he was still and is the son of God. It brings hope to every single one of us. See, this son of God comes with light. This unstoppable light that we've been talking about over this season. Because it's unstoppable. When his light comes, there's no more round the back type secrets. It's all exposed. It's all brought into the light because there's no need to be disgraced publicly. It's covered by God. It gives us assurance and the promise of a bright, light, sun-bathed future ourselves. It was fulfilled. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That hasn't changed today. The son of David, the illegitimate son, is still the son that shines brightness into our dark situations. And so what about the star? What about these wise men in this chapter? See, there's little that relates to the nativity in these verses, and yet we kind of have so much tradition wrapped around it. What does the scripture actually say. Well, if we're going to have this suns and stars adventure this morning, we need to look a little deeper. There are clues here, but they may be hidden and we need to expose some light on them and pick out what those gems are from the scripture this morning. And so it said at the beginning, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Who are these magi, these wise men? Why have we given them weird names in some of the Christmas carols? Was there actually a comet? What was this star which led them? Why do they turn up in our stable scenes, and yet in reality, it was months, possibly two years later. We have them in Bethlehem, and yet it clearly says they went to Jerusalem first. You see, I'm kind of glad that they turn up in our story, because it would be missed otherwise. Actually, it's not a great end to the story, the slaughter of all of these children. But as we said before, nothing can abort the plans of God. 
So when they turn up in our stable scene and they present their three gifts, actually the scripture doesn't say there were three wise men. It says there were three kinds of gifts. But in reality, when we look, there are four kinds of gifts. Because as we heard earlier, verse 11 tells us when they saw the child, they bowed down and worshipped him. Firstly, they gave themselves to him. They poured out their worship before opening their treasures. The gift here is clearly Jesus. Their response to that was to worship. And that must be our response at Christmas time. It's easy to get caught up in the Christmas trappings and traditions. And yet the truth is, Jesus was the Son of God, the gift given for us because God loved us and chose to send us a saviour, the saviour that we need. Our response today should be to open our heart to Jesus also. Then give treasure, whatever that treasure may look like. The star that they had followed led them to the star. That's the reality in this story. Jesus was the light of the world. See, I find it interesting that when you look at the original text, the word used there for star isn't actually translated to any of the words that we would normally use for star. So what kind of light was this? Was it a comet? Was it like some scientists have tried to prove a kind of collision of Jupiter and Venus in those early years BC, which these wise men will have followed? But the word it uses doesn't give that definition. It's not the normal kind of stars that we would see at night when there's no clouds and we gaze at the stars. It's a different kind of word. It's not the word for comet. And in fact, a comet in those days was a bad sign. It was a, an omen of doom. They wouldn't have been seeking to follow it and to put themselves right in the middle of that. Scientists tried to figure out, was it this supernova? Was it actually the glory of God? We know that when the angels appeared, the glory shone around. And that's what the shepherds responded to. And yet again, that's a different word. It wasn't a kind of bat signal, you know, like on Batman when they need to call him and there's this shaft of light that reaches up into the sky and everybody knows the hero's on his way. It could have been, but actually that's not what the scripture tells us. The discussion with Herod probably would have gone quite differently if he'd have asked his advice and they were like, yeah, we saw that too. What is that? We didn't know what that was. It doesn't say that in the scripture. We can't really be sure, but there are some clues if we look. You see, if we look, there's something really important hidden away here, but you have to search in the shadows, okay? Now, historians are confident, bear with me, we're going into the shadows, but it will become light. Historians are confident that these wise men, this magi, they had responsibility to find and to appoint future kings in the Parthian Empire. 
that Persian Empire, which rivaled the Roman Empire any day. See, we have this image of the wise men coming like that, just three guys on their own with three camels. But from what we read in Scripture, those three guys with their three camels would not have given the kind of fear to Herod, which the Scripture tells us about, and neither it would have caused the same reaction for all of Jerusalem. And yet that's what the scripture said. These guys were more likely to have been Persian army to thunder into Jerusalem on big Arabian stallions and come with powerful weaponry. Their job, their role, their function was to search for and appoint a king. So how did they know that the star they saw was his star? And how did they know to go to Jerusalem? It doesn't actually tell us there, but this is where we have to follow the clues. One of the hidden signs, there's a cross-reference there in verse 2 of chapter 2. And if you search your Bible, the cross-reference is from a prophecy or an oracle given in the Old Testament in Numbers 24, 17. And so when it says the Magi from the east came, we've seen his star. This is the cross-reference. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob. That fits with what we've talked about with the genealogy. It starts there with Jacob. But how would these Persian lords know about this old prophecy? How would they have known that from scripture? How would they have known that from a Jewish culture way outside of their own culture? This is what I've discovered. And I discovered it this week for the first time. Remember Daniel in the Old Testament? You know, the lion's den, God shut the mouths of the lions, that Daniel. Sunday school stories, Daniel. If we go back, we see that the angel Gabriel first appeared to Daniel. Now, I'd not noticed that before. You know, you see it in the nativity. You know that Gabriel came and first spoke to Mary. But listen to what Gabriel said first to Daniel. Daniel 9, 21 and 22 says this. Gabriel came to him and said to him, I have now come to give you insight and understanding, which I have come to tell you, for you, Daniel, are highly esteemed. Does that sound familiar? When Gabriel said to Mary she'd been chosen, it said she was highly favoured and esteemed. The same phrase. Gabriel said it first to Daniel. So what does Daniel have to do with these wise men? And what do these wise men have to do with the birth of Jesus? Put this together. Daniel, hundreds of years before, because of his ability to read the signs and to interpret dreams, was actually put in charge in this Persian administration 
to give this insight, this special revelation. He was put in charge of these wise men, magi. That was Daniel's job. The same Daniel who Gabriel had appeared to. Now, in the following verses, after Gabriel says that he's highly favoured, Daniel then goes on to talk about the anointed one. He talks about the rebuilding of Jerusalem. If we put the two together, is it possible that Gabriel appeared to Daniel first to give him insight and revelation, which is the words that the scripture used, to give it to a a set of people completely outside the Jewish race, to come together to see the signs, to find the Son of God. We can't say that with certainty, but I find it interesting. See, if that were true, then it puts light on the subject of the star. Because if they knew that a star was to come from Jacob's line and to rise and be a ruler in Israel... And if they then knew, because of Daniel's revelation, that he was to come to Jerusalem as king, it would make sense that they look for that sign and that come to Jerusalem. But what about the sign? If it wasn't a normal star, if it wasn't a comet, if it wasn't the glory of God... What was it specifically that they had been waiting for? That they knew that this star was his sign, which is what the scripture actually tells us in Matthew. You see, the definition of this word for star, when you look at it, the singular definition, not the nighttime star, not the glory of God, it says this star is a celestial object or light in the east having astronomical significance, the star which continues to shine in the rays of the rising sun. This was no ordinary star in the dark night sky. This star was bright enough to shine as the rising sun was dawning. And so this was the message that they'd been waiting for. This was his star that they'd been looking for. If they'd seen it in the east and they were following it, why did they then go in the opposite direction? They knew that this particular significant astronomical sign was to take them to Jerusalem to directly. Now, you may not know this morning what 2017 holds for you. You may look back on this year and think, how on earth have I ended up here? Do you know what? This tells us we don't need to worry about that because in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the reality, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but these guys knew hundreds of years before it had been revealed to go to Jerusalem. If God did that then, why would he not do that for you today? Why not? Why would he not do that for you? Why would he not do that for me? He knows all about us. As we've already read, his plans cannot be aborted. What doesn't make sense to you makes perfect sense in the grand scheme of things. The son of David, the illegitimate son is now the rising sun. 
The star was just pointing them in the right direction. See, a clearer translation might be, they had first seen the star east of them, shining brightly through the early morning light of daybreak, the rising sun. Yet Daniel 9, 23, Gabriel said to Daniel, as soon as you began to pray, an answer was given at the time of the evening sacrifice. The answer was given while it was still dark. The answer was given before the light was beginning to dawn, before there was even hope of daybreak. The answer had already been given. Maybe you need to accept today that Jesus has the answer to some of your issues, to some of your problems, to some of your needs, to some of your dreams and your hopes and your wants and your desires. The answer was already given. Daybreak can only come while it is still night. If you were in the shadows today, don't despair because that is where your sun will rise. The sun of God came into the darkness, the light which cannot be put out, this unstoppable light, dawning to give light to every man, to all of us. See, we celebrate Christmas on December the 25th because it coincides with the holiday for worshipping the Sol Invictus. That translates as the unconquerable sun. The day of the year where the sun begins to lengthen its stay in the sky, the nights become shorter. He is the unconquerable sun, the illegitimate sun, the son of David, the rising sun is now the unconquerable son of God. He is the unstoppable light. As we've been using this key Scripture as our theme throughout December. Let me read it to you once again. What came into existence was life. And the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness could not put it out. The life light was the real thing. Every person who enters that light, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him. And yet the world didn't even notice. He came to his own people. But they didn't want him. But whoever does want him, whoever wants him, whoever believes he is who he claimed and would do what he says, he makes them to be their true selves, their child of God selves. They are the God gotten, the God begotten, the blood begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. They are the sons. The word became flesh, flesh and blood, moved into our neighborhood, it says there in John, and we saw the glory through our own eyes. And so as we consider the end of this story, this unstoppable light, the Son of God, 
Our response needs to be that of the wise men this morning. On coming to the house, they saw the child and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him their gifts. Open the treasures of your heart this Christmas time. Over this next week, fortnight, give some consideration to the Son of God. Look for the signs. Look in the shadows. Illuminate the dark places with light. Ask him questions. Seek him today. It's often said wise men still seek Jesus. We need to do that. Spend a moment seeking him. Allow his light in. Worship him, the one who was the word who became flesh and moved into our neighbourhood.